Well, good morning, church. Uh, we are T-minus seven days away from Christmas. Well, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't got all of your presents, you better have Amazon Prime, just saying. Okay, there you go. Uh, we're glad you guys are here. If you're a guest visiting with us, welcome. We're glad you're here. My name is Tyler. I'm the family pastor here. Uh, if you're watching online, thank you for tuning in and being here. And if you're here because at halftime yesterday at the Vikings game, you were praying, making promises to the Lord. Good job following through on those promises. What a game. Wow. Okay. Uh, like I said, uh, we're, in a, we're wrapping up our Christmas series, or we're, we're coming to the end of our Christmas series uh, that's been entitled Unto Us. And we've been looking at Isaiah 9, chapter 6, uh, or verse 6, and we've been looking at uh, the names given that Isaiah is giving to the Messiah. And of course, we know now, and we celebrate now, Jesus as the Messiah, but at this point, there is, this is a prophecy going forth. But these are the names that Isaiah gives, and it says in Isaiah 9, verse 6, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And if you haven't checked out uh, some of the other messages in this series, I encourage you to go check that out. Pastor Brent has done a fantastic job. But this morning, this morning I want to talk about uh, the Prince of Peace. And uh, there's uh, some irony in that. Uh, as this morning has just been not peaceful in my life. And so I just think, it's like, okay, God, what are you doing in my heart? Uh, so I'm excited to be able to share with you guys because I think it's important that we focus our eyes. So let's uh, do this. Let's just take a second. Let's, let's still our hearts and go to the Prince of Peace. God, God, would you bring peace in this place? Would you bring a stillness as we prepare to hear what it is that you have for us? God, we just pray that you would be in this room, that your Prince of Peace would dwell on our hearts, God. God, I pray for anybody in this room that is wrestling with the chaos around, that they would find peace in you. And so, God, would you do what only you can do? We pray this in your name. Amen. I'm going to start with a cliche. Is that okay? And I'm fully aware, I'm fully aware that this is a cliche, but I believe that this is 100% true, and it is this, that this time of year can be chaotic, right? This time of year can be chaotic, and oftentimes I actually have found that I, I want to write, I want to rewrite this song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, to be a little bit more fitting. And as a matter of fact, I had a little time this week, and so that's exactly what I did. And so I want to present to you, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Here's the first verse. It's the most calendarful time of the year, with the kids home from school and yelling, and everyone telling you what they want this year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap happiest season of all, with those holiday greetings of cards you're comparing to your own Christmas cards. It's the hap happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, no, mellows for, no time for mellows roasting, and driving in six feet of snow. There'll be scary ghost stories. Okay, pause. Which family's telling ghost stories on Christmas? I've never understood that line in this song. Like, you're just like, all right, kids, gather around the tree. I'm going to scare the pants off you. I don't get it. I don't know. And tales of the Scrooge. There you go. And the tales of glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing, most likely from Aunt Dolores, where loved ones are near. And boy, oh boy, are they near. It's the most chaotic time of the year. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> 
Don't get me wrong, okay, I love Christmas, I, not as much as Pastor Bob, but I love Christmas, I love this time of year, but I also recognize that it can be crazy busy. And we're torn oftentimes in this season because in all the busyness, in all the bustling, we, I believe, have peace written on our hearts. We desire to have peace. And I think that's oftentimes what the Christmas season represents. We're like, this is supposed to be a time of peace and peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And why do I want to punch someone? I don't get it. Oftentimes, this is where we, we, we wrestle. And I think that peace written on our hearts, we see this, this desire for peace, this desire for restoration. Uh, we see it in all of our Christmas movies. We see it in our Hallmark movies, right? If you've ever watched the Hallmark Channel, you know that there is a kind of a, a, a story arc that is, goes on in everything. And so I thought, uh, you know, if I'm writing a song, why not write also a Hallmark movie? <laughs> Set the scene. Curtains. An attractive single woman from the big city is sick of the pace of life of the big city. And her longtime boyfriend, who won't seem to propose, is so busy with work in life that she's frustrated. So she decides to head home after 12 years to her small town where she grew up. While at home, she bumps into a cute barista at the local coffee shop wearing flannel. He says something kind of rude. She's taken back. Yet, there's an appealing charm in this rugged personality. But he's also a little shady. We don't really know what to expect. He isn't really telling us the whole story. But over time, over various different circumstances, she realizes that he is not that bad. And she starts to fall for him. Usually, this is the part of the movie where she slips and falls into his strong arms. And they awkwardly stare into each other's eyes for about 30 seconds. Are they going to kiss? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. But no. The boyfriend from the big city shows up and proposes under the Christmas lights in a small town that we're pretty sure doesn't exist in real life. She says yes out of obligation, but she's torn because she really loves Adam or Kyle or Vince or whatever his name is. She decides to head back to the big city after spending a magical Christmas in her hometown, but then Adam or Vince or Kyle chases her down in the airport. Or was it a taxi? Maybe it was a horse-drawn carriage. He confesses his love to her. She says, no, I can't. But then she comes to her senses and says, yes, I will marry you. And then the next day, they are married, and they live happily ever after in the peaceful town of St. Georgeville Township City, Georgia, where it snows, but only on Christmas. <laughs> How'd I do? Is that pretty good? Is that pretty good? Here's the thing. That was so dumb. There's a reason, there's a reason that we have that, that is, it is written on our hearts that we desire restoration, we desire to be made whole. We see this in the best Christmas movie of all time, Elf. I'm not kidding, this is great, there's so many theological things in there. It's this beautiful picture of this broken family with this dysfunctional family that is pulled apart. And so Buddy shows up after going through the candy cane forest and through the Lincoln Tunnel, and he shows up, and he's reconciled with his father. And then his father reorients his priorities and puts his family first, and then the family goes on to save Christmas. We want peace. We see it in our stories. We see it in our movies. In Isaiah 9, 6, the passage we see, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And the word here in the Hebrew is one that maybe you've heard before, and it's the word shalom. And while this word can mean an absence of strife or an absence of fighting, at its root, at its core, what it really means is completeness or wholeness. And I think what our movies, our Hallmark movies, our Christmas movies, what they reveal to each and every one of us is that we all, deep down, have peace and have restoration written on our hearts. 
But here's the danger. This is the danger that I believe that we can run into if we seek after these movies and, and the things that they're offering or, or what we think that they're offering. The danger is if we seek peace apart from the Prince of Peace, we'll be left wanting and lacking. If we seek peace, apart from the Prince of Peace, we'll be left wanting and lacking. Because while all these movies are a picture of what is on our heart, the solution that they're offering will never satisfy our souls eternally. That's why we need the Prince of Peace. That's why we need Jesus. And Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace. He's not described as the Prince who has peace. He's not described as the Prince with peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Meaning that by him, for him, and through him, we can find peace. It is the essence of who Jesus is, the Prince of Peace. It doesn't come from tradition. It doesn't come from religion. We can only find peace in the work of Jesus. These movies, the Hallmark stories, all of these things that we love about Christmas, stories of restoration, stories of peace on earth, stories of what our hearts long for, they are all simply shadows. They're shadows of the substance. There are shadows of where we can actually find peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is the substance that creates the shadow. And unless we look to the substance of the, light, of the shadow and not be distracted by the shadow, we can never know peace. True, soul-restoring peace. It is only found in the Prince of Peace. It is only found in Jesus. So with the rest of our time, here's what I want to do. I want to break down what the Prince of Peace has to offer. Where, what, are, what are the peace that we can find in the Prince of Peace? What does he offer everyone? And I really, I, I see four main areas where Jesus wants to give us peace. And I think that uh, regardless of where we're at, no matter where you're at, maybe some of you have experienced some of the, the, the peace that I'm going to talk about. And maybe some of you haven't. No matter where we're at in our journey, in our faith, I believe that the Prince of Peace, Jesus wants to encounter us. And so what I want to do is I want to jump out of Isaiah and I want to go to Ephesians chapter 2. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, I'd encourage you, it'll be on the screen as well. But we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live this way, following passionate desires and inclinations of sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. We were at odds with God. We were not at peace with God. Verse 4, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you cannot take credit for this. It is the gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that you have done so none of us can boast about it. We are God's masterpiece created new in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned long ago. Don't forget that you Gentiles 
used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it only affected their bodies and not their heart. In those days, you you were living apart from Christ. You were exalted from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises that God had made. You lived in this world without God and without hope. We were at odds with God. There was no peace. Verse 13, but now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. The first peace that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, offers us is peace with God. That is the first peace that we can have. The first peace that the Prince of Peace offers is peace with God. Ephesians chapter 2 paints this beautiful picture of how because of God's grace, because of what God did, what Jesus did on the cross, we can be no longer enemies with God, but we can be united with God through Jesus. And I want to zoom in on this verse, uh, verse 13, Ephesians 2, 13, because I think it sums up the peace that we have with God through Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now... You have been brought near, or but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we think about it, this God-given desire for wholeness, this desire that has been placed on our hearts to be whole, to be restored, this idea, the idea of being drawn near to God is a comforting thought. And church, listen to me, okay? Because I, I, I start with this peace. I start with the peace that comes between us and God through Jesus because I believe that we cannot experience any of the other peace that I'm gonna talk about until we have brought, been brought into peace with our creator. When we accept the free gift of grace that it talks about in Ephesians 2, when we receive that by faith in Jesus, we are given peace between us and God. And as Christians, those that are united with Christ, when we come together in our relationship with Christ, part of the inheritance that we receive is peace with God. And I don't know about you, but I need that peace in my life. I need peace that comes from restoration and wholeness with God, that comes from shalom with God. And so the Prince of Peace offers us peace with God. And when we have peace with God, when we have peace with our creator, something amazing happens. We're given peace in me, in you. We're given peace in us. This is what God wants to do in the heart of every believer. Read the first part of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. That longing, that longing in our soul that I talked about, the Christmas movies. That longing for shalom, that longing for peace, that longing for restoration. The solution is found in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And as I said above, when we make Jesus the leader of our life, he actually comes in. God comes in and he dwells in our hearts. He lives with us. He walks with us every single day. The solution for the longing that we want, that is, it, the, the solution for the longing that we have in our life is found in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And please, please, okay, please don't miss this. I think sometimes when we hear the gospel, when we think about the gospel, this is something that we hear and we can often miss. Christ himself brought us peace. But it doesn't do that by saying, hey, just chill. Just chill, like relax, don't be anxious. It says that he draws near to us. 
He comes near to us. He draws near. He dwells in our hearts. He joins with our soul. And we find peace when we run to the presence of the Prince of Peace. The peace we receive from God is not God shooting peace down from heaven and going, hey, just chill. Hey, just relax. The peace is found in the presence of God. When we come into the presence of God, and that's why as a church we talk about we want people to encounter Jesus. Regardless of where you're at in life, regardless of where you're at in your faith journey, we want people to encounter Jesus because we believe that is where we find peace. It could be so easy to think that the ultimate prize of our, of our salvation is, is eternal life. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I want to be saved. I, I am saved by the blood of Jesus, and I am so grateful for that, and I am so excited about eternity with him in heaven. But we, the salvation, right? Salvation, the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross, the point of the gospel is so that we can be in relationship with God. That is the point of the gospel, to be restored into relationship. It is not so we can live a better life. It is not so that we can live forever. It is not so that we can uh, just do nice things or whatever. It's so that we can be in relationship with God. Everything else is a byproduct of that. Oftentimes I think we, we think to ourselves, I'm just going to go to church, I'm going to get my salvation, and then I'm just going to like, like chill out and, and whatever. But it's about coming into the presence of God, knowing and encountering the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the prize of the gospel. The presence of God coming in, encountering Jesus is the prize of the gospel. And oftentimes I think, I, I worry that as a church, uh, and I speak largely as a church, as a church we think to ourselves, I just, I'm going to take my salvation and I'm good. When in reality what we're doing is we're rejecting the Prince of Peace. And he's sitting here going, I want to be in relationship with you. I want to know you. I created you to be in relationship with you. Our prize is not heaven. Our prize is the Prince of Peace. Heaven is a wonderful byproduct. And when we make Jesus the leader of our life, he puts his spirit in each and every one of us. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, Each of you must repent from your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. The Holy Spirit, the third part of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is God in us. And what does the Holy Spirit bring? Galatians 5, 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So when we are united with Christ... When we are united with the Prince of Peace, we find peace. And I wonder how many of us are walking through life, walking through this season, looking for, at the shadow of peace and completely missing the substance that is found in Jesus. I'll close this point out with this. A promise that comes from Isaiah 26.3. And maybe this is a verse that you need to, you need to memorize, you need to meditate on, you need to sit on. This is a promise Isaiah 26, 3. You, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You, God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Peace is found in the Prince of Peace. And he has made peace between us and God. And we are kept in perfect peace when we fix our eyes, when we focus on the Prince of Peace. 
this morning, uh, this morning was a, a chaotic morning. It's funny how God always does that when you preach on a certain topic and you're like, I'm preaching on peace. And then your morning was anything but peaceful. And this morning, as, as, as I was driving in and, and just going, you know, grumbling because I'm a pastor and I'm a real person, okay? Just God put it on my heart. It's like, hey, aren't you preaching on keeping your eyes on Jesus? And I was like, not now. But it's so true. As we keep our eyes on Jesus and he brings peace and he restores us. He brings shalom into our hearts because he dwells in our hearts. Those that are in Christ Jesus, God, it rests in our hearts. He rests in our lives. And so God, the Prince of Peace brings peace between us and God and he brings peace in me. He brings peace in you when we fix our eyes on him. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to go through the chaotic times. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to go through all of the different things. But what it means is we can have peace. We can have shalom because we are restored with our Father in heaven. And when we have peace with God, when we have peace in our hearts, it brings the third peace that I think the Prince of Peace offers us. Peace with others. Peace with others. Ephesians 2 goes on. For Christ himself has brought us, brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his body, on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law, which it command, its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. When we are brought to peace with God, we are given a new name. We are given new identity. We are God's children. It's like Brent preached on, we're hanging out with turkeys when we're actually eagles. We're new people, new creations. We are God's children. And it allows us to live in peace as we fix our thoughts and our eyes on the Prince of Peace. And when we're at peace with God and when we're living with peace in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live in shalom with those around us because we focus on Jesus. So when, as you are focused on Jesus and as I'm focused on Jesus, we can live in peace. The reason that I believe that so often we're fighting and so much, there's so much turmoil in this world is because we're taking, we've taken our eyes off the Prince of Peace. Even in the church, even in, in today's day and age, there's conflict everywhere. And I think that the reason for that is because we've taken our eyes off the Prince of Peace. And the reason that that is dangerous is because when I take my eyes off Jesus, when I take my eyes off the Prince of Peace, where are my eyes going? They're either going to myself and focusing on just me and making myself the Lord of my life, or they're looking around the circumstances, or they're looking at the person next to you going, why aren't they doing anything? Why aren't they doing what, what, what needs to be done? And we've taken our eyes off the Prince of Peace. We start looking around at the circumstances, the chaos, and the strife. And I get it. Listen, okay, I, I understand you're going, okay, but, but even if I keep my eyes on Jesus, there's still chaos. There's still, there's still stuff going on in the world. And that is absolutely true, that there's still things going on in the world. But we have to remember that the story isn't over yet. The story isn't 
over yet. Jesus is returning. Jesus is going to come back. The Bible promises us that Jesus is coming back and that he will make all things right and that he will bring total peace and total restoration in the world. That's the good news of the gospel. And so we as his followers, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we keep our eyes on the gospel, the good news of the gospel, that Jesus is coming back, that he's going to restore and bring all things to himself, we can live in a way with each other as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We can live together in peace How? As we keep our eyes on the author of shalom. As we keep our eyes on the prince of peace. Just like Jesus coming into the world as a baby was the hope of the world, we keep our eyes on Jesus, the hope of shalom, once and for all. And guys, when we as a church... Even if we disagree, even if we, we, don't, we don't see eye to eye on everything, if we keep our eyes on the Prince of Peace, it brings in the fourth peace that I believe the Prince of Peace offers us, is peace to the world. When we, as the church, as the body of Christ, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, the Prince of Peace wants to bring peace to this world. Ephesians 2, 17, he, being Jesus, brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from God, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done as followers of Jesus. We have this message of good news, the good news of Jesus, and that message, the gospel, is the hope of the world. And because Jesus brought peace with us, between us and God, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us, bringing peace to our souls, and when we fix our eyes on Jesus, each of us, each and every one of us, fix our eyes on Jesus, and we can live at peace with each other. When we live at peace with each other, the world takes notice. Because peace is written on our hearts. Peace in a chaotic world is attractive. I get worried sometimes as I look at the church because I think we, we dive into the chaos, we dive into the turmoil, we dive into the, the, the arguing when in reality we need to keep our eyes on Jesus because right now everything, everywhere is chaotic. Everywhere is, this stuff is going on. And if the church is missing it, if the church is missing it, where, where are they going to look as we keep our eyes on Jesus to paint this picture of the peace that we can have that can be found in Christ? When we live at peace with each other, with God, in our hearts, the world takes notice because peace is written on our hearts. So when we know the Prince of Peace, when we are filled with the spirit of peace, we can be peacemakers with our fellow believers and people, they want to be a part of that. Because it's attractive. Peace is attractive. And when people are around us and they say, why, why are you different? What, what's going on? And we, as children of God, can say this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. And all of this, talking about the gospel, talking about being made new in Christ, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. We've been brought to peace. And God has given us, this is, he's talking to you and me. This is to you and I. We can take this and say, this we need to directly apply to our life because God is speaking this to us. And God has given us his followers, this task of reconciling reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we, you, me, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. 
For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So friends, do you need peace? Jesus is the prince of peace. And through a relationship with him, we are given peace with God. And he puts his spirit inside of us. Those that call on the name of the Lord. Those that are followers of Jesus. He puts a spirit in us, holding us in perfect peace as we fix our eyes on him in our souls. And we live in peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we do that, we in turn proclaim to everyone. We can look to everyone and we can say, come back to God. This is where you find peace. This is where you find peace. And church, I believe that we need to live in peace so that a world that is living in chaos can come and go, I need that. I want that. And we can say, come back to God. It's the only place. It's the only place that we can find peace. Stop looking at the shadows. Stop focusing on the shadows and look to the substance. Look to the prince of peace. And so my question for us here this morning is, where are we? Where are we? Maybe you need peace with God. Maybe you're sitting in this room and you have never uh, given your life to, to, to God and said, God, I want to be restored in relationship with you. I believe that Jesus died on this cross, that he rose again so that I could be brought into relationship with you. Please, God, draw near to me. Maybe that's where you're at right now in your life and you need peace with God because everything around you seems to be falling apart. Everything around you seems to be not satisfying. It seems like a shadow and you need peace with God. The Bible says if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead, you will be saved. Just asking God and say, God, would you draw near to me? Maybe, maybe you need peace in your soul. Maybe you need peace that only comes by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're sitting here and you're going, okay, I, I, I've done that salvation prayer thing, but I haven't actually allowed the Prince of Peace to come in to dwell in my life. And maybe th this morning you guys just need to pray and just go, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you bring peace in my life? Would you bring peace in my heart? Would you draw near to me? Maybe you need peace in your relationships. Maybe you need peace with someone in the church. Maybe you need peace with someone in your family. And I want to encourage you with that as we fix our eyes on Jesus. Maybe that means that if you have, if you have like trouble with someone right now and you go to them and you say, hey, if they're a believer, hey, can we just pray and ask God to bring peace to our situation? It's really hard to be upset with someone when you say, hey, let's go focus our eyes on Jesus together. And he brings shalom and restores and maybe for some of us, this is God's prompting to get off our big comfy comfort seat and start telling people about the peace that we can have through God. As we live with peace, peace between us and God, live at, with peace in us, live at peace with the, our brothers and sisters around us, and we can start saying, hey, come back to God. Maybe it means inviting someone to Christmas Eve this year, saying, hey, come back to God. Come find peace. Peace that is only found in the substance of Jesus, not in the shadows. So here's what I want to do as we finish out this message and before the band leads us in a couple more songs. I want to just take like two minutes and give you a gift this Christmas. The gift to slow down in a chaotic world. The gift to slow down and just go 
to the Father, to go to the Prince of Peace, to seek out the Prince of Peace. I don't know where you're at right now this morning. I don't know what you're dealing with. But we can go to the Prince of Peace, go past the shadows, and go to the substance. And so I just want to take some time where you guys can pray and ask the Prince of Peace to come into our life. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, I want to encourage you to just, just be honest with God. To say, God, I, I need you. I need you in my life. If you've been doing the whole religion thing, you've been doing the whole uh, just like trying to just do the bare minimum and you're going, I need that peace. I need the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. I'm going to ask you to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in your hearts. If you need peace with other people in your life, Spend some time praying for that person. And if you're sitting here and going like, I, I have these things, I have all of this, God, would you prompt me to be an inviter to people to come back to God? Let's take a moment and just go to the Father. Holy Spirit, Prince of Peace, wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, would you come and dwell in our hearts. God, we are open, we are ready for what you have. This message doesn't just end here, it doesn't just stay here. God, I pray that this goes and it sits in our hearts, it sits in our minds, and it plays out in our lives as we go out. And we are people, we are peacemakers. We are people who walk in peace that is found only in you, that we would keep our eyes on you, the Prince of Peace. So God, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill us, fill us, fill us with your life. We pray this in your name. Amen.